Welcome to another fun edition of Wrestling POV Global. I'm your host, TJ Logan. With me, Elio Canella. Elio, has it? I keep seeing Elio or Elio. You, you correct me. What is it, buddy? Well, you know what? It's either it's either way. I have like this rule where if someone's been saying my name, saying Elio for a while, and I haven't said anything, I must really like that person because not many people, not many people get get away with that. So it's it's okay, it's well, either way. Okay, I'm gonna try and remember Elio. That's yeah. right. Is that is that the yeah. right one? Okay. I, I always want to call you everything in the book because <laughs> I love talking wrestling with you. We get carried away and. Uh, you know what? This week we once again we're traveling around. There was a heck of a lot of wrestling this week, was there not, buddy? I saw I don't know how many hours of wrestling. I saw the MLW, <laughs> I saw a final battle, which I know was four hours. And um yeah, just like a lot of wrestling this week. I'm glad I was kind of sick in bed because it gave me the opportunity to watch there was a lot of shows, man. ROH was four hours, MLW was an hour, impact was two mm-hmm. hours. Um I even watched like about six to eight hours of New Japan. So it was a pretty heavy <laughs> wrestling uh, week. Um, luckily, I was in bed for most of it and I didn't pass in and out too much. So I remembered at least some of the things that we're going to talk about today. I, I counted like I counted like 12 hours between Raw, SmackDown, Final Battle, MLW, TLC. It's like a golden age, man. We are like, I remember as a kid, I would wish there was more wrestling on television. I would look for it everywhere. Right. These days, man, it is everywhere. And surprise, surprise, when it's not even the WWE, there's some good wrestling out yep. there. And uh, we're going to talk a bit about it, but let's start off with our rumblings of the okay. week, okay? I'm going to start off with some of the news that I wanted to report this week coming mm-hmm. up. Uh, it's been announced by Major League Wrestling, MLW, that they have signed on April 4th of this year, which is going to be an internationally great main event L.A. Park versus Roosh. This is a, a feud that has come up from Mexico. Uh, it has been dominating CMLL for quite a while. Now they're bringing it to America. I got to tell you, I am very excited. We're going to talk about Roosh because we saw him on MLW yep. this yeah, we week. Did. And L.A. Park, that's that where is we that same That's where we began. Yeah, L.A. Park was La Parca. Yep. Remember him? The big old, that, that's yeah. the same dude. He calls himself L.A. Park now because uh, he was sued by AAA and they took away the La Parca name because oh, okay. they owned oh, it. Okay. So now he's L.A. Park, but uh, it is the same dude. So th- I find this exciting because I kind of enjoy Luchador wrestling. Not tons mm-hmm. of it, but really good quality stuff. And Roosh, as we know, is the leader of Los Ignobles, the the Mexican version. Yes. And uh, I'm going to try and say Los Ingobernables de, de Mexico. De Mexico, that is correct. And uh, yeah. he is a talented wrestler that has not been seen a lot in the northern part of North America. Well, they know him a lot down in Mexico. He is, well, he's not only their leader of that group, he's probably one of the best wrestlers out there. But uh, I'd like to go on then. Let's take a look here. Over in ROH, um, it says that, do uh, you remember PCO? We were talking about him. Pierre Carl Ouellette yep. and yep. Brody King have joined Marty Skrull in a, uh, um, a stable, and they call themselves the villain. Villains Enterprise. Villains Enterprise. Yes, yes I heard about that. And sticking with ROH for the moment, yet another great luchador wrestler being signed to ROH, Bandito, who a lot of people were wondering where he was going to end up, has signed exclusively with ROH for the next while. So another great luchador to keep our eyes on. Um, Switching over to Evolve, who we don't really talk about a lot, but this one kind of made news, is Johnny Gargano 
currently in NXT will be mm-hmm. doing two matches January 18th and 19th for Evolve. So that's going to be some exciting indie wrestling there. Um, as- I've never seen I've never seen much Evolve actually, uh, but I, I've heard of, of uh, many of the names. It's, I know many of the names. Evolve is um, hmm, what's the best way to describe this? Evolve is sort of the kind of it's like the NXT for NXT. <laughs> you, oh, okay. you know how the NXT is for WWE. Well, they're sort of the feeder system for NXT at times. And uh, they're a little bit smaller, have very intense crowds, but there's been some great names that have come out of Evolve over the last while. And Gargano used to compete quite regularly with them, so it's kind of a welcome home kind of thing for him. And I think the fans are going to be seeing some great stuff. Speaking of NXT, while I was in Florida over the holidays, I I started watching NXT UK. Oh, yes. You know, that is something we're going to have to discuss, me and you, if we want to throw that on the plate. Because I know the other show is not covering it, but that's again, that's an additional two hours of programming we're going to be adding to our thing. So, <laughs> well, we, no, I just, I just wanted to bring that up since we were talking about NXT and Evolve. Yeah, I, I, uh, we're going to talk about that, me and you, off the air. We'll figure out if, okay. and if the All fans right, want, you know what, if you really want us to cover it, we have no choice. But right now, we kind of have a choice. So, we'll talk about it and see if we're willing to add an extra two hours of watching time every week to our okay. already mammoth schedules. <laughs> But you know what? It might work out, actually, because Impact is going on hiatus for two weeks, so who knows? Um, Oh, okay. But looking on, NWA champion Nick Aldis is getting ready to defend Mm. his title. Are you ready for this, man? This is mind-blowing. I hope you're... Elio, you had better be strapped in because he is going against the incredible (laughs) talent of Billy Gunn. What? what? Is there crickets in there? (laughs) Billy Gunn? Is that guy still alive? (laughs) Oh my lord, Nick wow. Aldis, how much more yeah, had James Zellsworthy, how much more can you scrape the bottom of the barrel? Billy Gunn. <laughs> <laughs> and you wonder why the NWA championship just really isn't looked at with the greatest respect sometimes. Whew. I think that's gonna lead into uh, the face off uh, because speaking of Billy Gunn. <laughs> because is he a name from the past? Oh, I think he belongs in the past, but yes. You, you are right. My last bit of news comes out of even another territory which Makes news sometimes what we don't really cover is absolute intense wrestling. They are mm-hmm. booking on WrestleMania weekend. It's been announced that they're bringing over a Japanese legend Shinjiro Atani to face Eddie Kingston for the very first time. This will be a very bloody brawl. Both men known to go quite extreme with their fighting. Uh, but it's enough to make news. And you know what? Who knows? Maybe we'll try and find... I, I think WrestleMania weekend is going to kill us, man. There is going to be so much indie wrestling. There's something like 120 shows booked over that weekend from indie places. How, how, how do people do that? How do they watch all this wrestling? I don't, I, know. I don't know. I don't know. I can't do it. Like, <laughs> I'm, I have enough trouble watching Raw for three hours. What, oh, yeah, you know what? I don't even try to watch Raw for three hours. You, you just... That's masochism, man. Don't do that to yourself. Uh, Raw is... No, but Smack, SmackDown I have to watch because I cover that. So. That I understand. But, but even but, that one. But Raw, man, Raw is like Raw. horrible. No. Ugh. Yeah. I'm so glad we don't have to cover no, that. No, I, I, I'd, rather, I'd rather watch... I'd rather catch up on, uh, on indie wrestling on Monday nights. Well, you know what? The... There's like so much stuff on the fight app. Um, I'm going to move over to the injury portion right now. The only three okay. injuries that I have to look at, they're minor. They're all from MLW. And two of them involve uh, one match that was scheduled. I don't know if you got a chance to oh. watch some of that. Uh, we're not going to talk too much about about their live special, but um, we had announced last week about the four-way uh, ladder match that was supposed to be going down. Three of the guys okay. in that match 
did not appear in that match. From the week oh, we talked, what, the week it happened, they three guys were injured, taken out of that match, room, and was replaced. That, was it? Was that? Was that the Thursday or the Friday? That would have been the Thursday thing, I believe. It was the one. Okay. It was the one. Uh, the four-way man match for the uh, mid heavyweight title. Um, oh, okay. We I had announced a bunch of guys, talked about them last week. Those guys all got injured before the match and replaced. Andrew Everett had his knee tweaked, was taken out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Koto Brazil had twisted ankle, taken out. Uh, as a result, the guy who won and who's now the new MLW uh, mid-heavyweight champion, who we'll probably talk about later on in episodes, but we will talk about him today because he showed up on MLW, was Teddy Hart captured the MLW cruiserweight title, or mid-heavyweight title, if you will. Ted, now the, Teddy Hart, last week was my first exposure to Teddy Hart. Oh, I had never seen him. I only heard the name before. I will talk about him when and, we get uh, there, Brian buddy. Tillman, Brian Tillman Jr., yeah. We'll talk okay. about him, and you're going to... We'll get there. And uh, the last bit, of, uh, <laughs> last bit of injury is not really an injury per se, but apparently at the MLW weekend, Davey Boy Smith Jr. showed up. He had an extreme high fever, was extremely sick, but still managed to wrestle. People were pretty amazed backstage at how tough he was. He didn't want to miss it, so as sick as he was, he gutted it out and did the matches. So he's always been known as a tough man, so I guess he just proved it to everybody wow. there. And Reminds me of Bret Hart going into his match uh, with a fever. Yeah, you know, it's at the, at the Royal Rumble. It's a Canadian thing, isn't it, bro? Canadians do not <laughs> back so, down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even if I'm sick, I still go went into work at the library. Yeah, I've done that way that too many times. Now, the last bit of rumblings today is a rumor, and I know this is kind of a vague rumor, but it's obvious. I mean, it's not, okay, the rumor is ROH right now is very desperately scouring the indies, trying to pick up uh, big-name guys if they can to replace all of the elite who's left. Um, okay. We've seen in the last couple of weeks ROH has signed a whole bunch of people, and they are still on the hunt for, I don't know, the next big star, I guess. It'll be interesting to see where this turns out, but you know, a lot of people were worried that the elite leaving was going to cause ROH to fall apart. I don't think that's going to happen. Well, let's move on now to the uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling Report. Now, we're in that little lull where it's just between, just before Wrestle Kingdom, and mm-hmm. so there's little things. Most of Wrestle Kingdom is set, and next week's episode, buddy, me and you are going to go over the entire card and make our predictions. Okay. okay, I uh, I uh, went to get the entire card on Wikipedia, so I have it saved up here. Excellent. It's it's just been officially released uh, the other day, uh, like two days ago, by New Japan. We'll go over it together. Mm-hmm. We'll discuss. We'll see okay. what we think is going to happen. But there are little minor things happening, and as it tends to, and, and I've explained this before, is when there's a big event coming, the Japanese like to uh, New Japan likes to do the the road to they call them which are basically like house shows that are setup shows for right. these shows and uh, right yep. now they're on the road to Tokyo Dome and uh, a few things happen little minor things that I just want to touch on because I find them interesting and I want your opinion on it okay uh, first okay. of all one of the big things is Chris Jericho once again popping up taking a chair and attacking Naido Evil and Sonata after their matches brutalizing all three of them Ahead of his match with Naido at the end of the month, Chris Jericho once again proven that you know he may be a veteran, he may be older, but uh, he's definitely a guy to keep your eye on. What do you think? Yeah, Chris Chris Jericho was always uh, looking to reinvent himself. Well, right now, what do you think of this vicious character? He's been he's made himself this unpredictable, scary for a first time in a long time, a real bad guy in Japan. Yeah, um, 
I've never seen this uh, Chris Jericho before. Yeah, it's, uh, it's new to all of a sudden. I, I, like, I, I, I like this dark Jericho. You know, I think I do too. I with think the, with the with the with the face paint and all that, and the yeah. viciousness and the total brawling. Mm. And I mean, and, and apparently they've started calling him Chris Wericho. Oh, really? I because he he's been known to like uh, cuss during his uh, promos or something. <laughs> I, I I read that somewhere online. I don't know like how true that is, but <laughs> that that's pretty amazing. Um, you're right. Uh, the Chris Jericho of old was definitely fun and popular, but. At his age and stuff, I don't know if he could really perform at that kind of level. And I think this new style, it's scary, it's uh, a lot of brawling, it suits him better. And I think it'll take him even mm -hmm. further. And he, he also said if he were to come back to WWE, he wouldn't be doing the list anymore. No? Which I, I don't think uh, that would work. I think it's run its uh, course. Yeah, I think so too. And I think it's one of those horrible things that people just kind of keep yelling out, like, what? Oh God! You know, like yeah. all the idiots who want to yell out the dumb things at the. I don't think it really works in the, in the normal sense, but there's always a, a, cr yeah. a crowd for idiots, I guess. Um, yeah. <laughs> moving on, um, one of the big storylines right now too is the dominance of the Bullet Club, and that's the Bullet Club right mm -hmm. now consisting of their leader, who's now Jay White, Switchblade Jay White, and the whole Tongans. You know, Tom Tama Tonga Tonga Loa, Bad Luck yeah. Fale. Um, and sometimes Haku. Um, oh, and the little guy, Ishimori. Now, the thing oh, okay. the thing with these guys is, yes, they're kind of not the same Bullet Club we're used to from last year. But they've been causing a lot of damage. And the one who's been most of the, I guess, shit disturber, if you will, would definitely have to be uh, Jay White. He has uh, managed to, like, betray his own stable and attack multiple stables to the point now, for the oh. first time in a very long time, most of these stables are sending guys together and uniting to take on the Bullet Club. That's kind of cool when you see some three or four major factions going after Bullet Club. I'm actually I'm, I'm uh, a little confused on the Bullet Club because uh, I like on how many members who's in the Bullet Club, who's not in the Bullet Club. Okay, well let, because they keep they they keep they keep uh, switching people out. Yeah, you know. Okay, let's right now let's look at a definitive look at it. Right now, all of the guys who are in the elite are no longer Bullet Club. Okay, that's so Young Bucks are out. Young Bucks are out. Kenny Omega, out. Marty Skrull, out. Hangman Page, out. Cody, out. Mm -hmm. um, okay. who, are, who is the current one right now? Like I said, the leader is Jay White, who uh, right. betrayed uh, Chaos and attacked Okada and then left. Um, we know that uh, Tonga Loa, Tama Tonga, so the Gorillas of Destiny are in there. Bad Luck yep. Fale is in there. Ishimoro, yep. the guy who's the Bone Soldier, he's in there. Um, okay. The only two that are kind of on the edge, and it's a little confusing if they still are, is the Japanese fella, oh, I can't think of his name right now, to, the one who's the pimp, the Tokyo pimp. He kind of is floating in between with them. And Chase Owens is another dude who um, nobody said either if he's in or out. So that part's confusing. Chase Owens, yeah. So, I've heard of Chase Owens. So these guys, um, it's mostly the Tongan faction and Jay White. Are uh, and, oh, okay. and Ishimori that are really the ones that are running Bullet Club at the moment, and okay. they have taken violence and anger to a whole new level. So much so that there are, like I said, it's been a long time since Chaos has, you know, teamed with any other faction, and other guys have joined. You know, we've seen like uh, Los Ignobles team up with Chaos, team up with uh, what's the other uh, the other faction in there, uh, Suzuki Goon. Members of each of these factions 
want to kill Bullet Club so much they're willing to put aside their differences. <laughs> that to me is is cool. But you got to wonder how much of a target that Bullet Club has put on their back. I mean, that's a lot of guys coming after you. If all the factions <laughs> yeah. decide to go after them, they're sunk. <laughs> I mean, they barely that- have Suzuki Goon looking at them. But if that happens, Minoru Suzuki and his gang go after them, oh, we're talking some messy, messy fights here. Minoru Suzuki looks legit badass, that guy. He is a Just legit his, his, his whole look is like, okay. He looks like he would beat up a a nun walking down the street for just, yeah. just for fun, just to hear her squeal, you know? Yeah. But uh, now here's my last bit I wanted to look at in, in New Japan this week. And that involves mm-hmm. uh, Kenny Omega and Ibushi, who together call themselves the Golden Lovers, which is already a very strange name for a tag team. <laughs> but uh, the Golden Lovers this week defeated the team of Will Ospreay and Hiroshi Tanahashi in a very well-placed tag team match, which is – Kind of, it's a, one of those preview matches New Japan likes to do because we do know that Omega will be fighting Tanahashi at the end of the month at at Wrestle Kingdom, and we know Abushi okay. will be putting his belt up against Will Osprey at the end of the month. So it was those kind of match, you know. But uh, it was a very good match. However, there was something that happened in this match that has a few people kind of shaking their head, wondering if this is the start of the end of the Golden Lovers. During this match, Abushi. Violently went to kick Osprey, missed, and kicked Omega in the face and took him down for a minute. Omega finally did get back up. They got their moves in and took out the team, but it always seems like that's the start of a a great tag team uh, falling apart when some guy actually unleashes a little too heavy on his partner. Um, Mm -hmm. What do you think? Do you think this might be a crack in the... uh, the armor of the Golden Lovers, or should we just ignore this and go on and look for the future? I don't know. That That is like a classic uh, way of uh, that you can tell a team might be splitting. So it's hard to see right now, but uh, maybe it's maybe it's going somewhere. Maybe it's just a one-time thing that happened accidentally. Well, you know what? I, I think this might be a crack in the armor. I thought earlier this year when Ibushi and Omega were had that one match where they uh it was a three-way match with them and uh oh i can't remember who else was in it but oh with cody and i thought for sure that was going to be the match where abushi and omega threw out their friendship out the window didn't happen then but i think this is the start and i think we're going to look at abushi down the road looking at omega's belt so you're you're right. It's a classic. It's it's never good when you accidentally nail your partner super heavy. It's okay to slap your partner by accident, but put a finishing yeah. maneuver on your partner or kick him in the face never usually yeah. works out very well. Yeah. Well, let's head over now to our impact report. Impact okay. this week. Two hours of hmm, how am I going to describe it? There was some crap. There was some uh-huh, and there was some shitty wrestling. So you no. Know, Let's be fair. There was one match in there that totally blew me away. We'll talk about that. Uh, Impact opens up. Rich Swan defeating one of your favorite guys, I believe. You're a big fan of OVE. Dave Christ. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you're mistaken. Nobody is a fan of OVE. I'm pretty sure their mother throws things at the television when they come on. Uh, Anyways, Rich Swan defeats uh, Dave Christ. 
This uh, moves him forward for the uh, place in the quali- in uh, Ultimate X Qualifier. Okay. It's interesting. At the end of the match, and, and I kind of like the storytelling. I mean, the match was okay. It wasn't the greatest. You don't get a lot out of the Chris's. Okay. They're not the best wrestlers. Rich Swan, right. exciting. At the end of the match, OVE, of course, jumps in, starts kicking the crap out of Rich Swan. Willie Mack comes in for the save. He beats the crap out of everybody. But then when he grabs um, Sammy Callahan, Rich Swan pulls him off. Pulls him off, gets him out of there, and everyone's looking like crazy. Later on, uh, Willie Mack confronts Rich Swan and said, "Why did you pull me off, Sammy Callahan?" And he said, "I'm asking that right now." Yeah, and he said, "Well, you know what? I've been down this road with Sammy before. I don't want to get involved in his crap. If we fight him now, he's going to be on us forever. I want nothing to do with Sammy or OVE. I won my match. Let's just move on." Mm-hmm. So that tells me that there's definitely going to be a lot of guff between OVE and these guys. And that's probably the beginning of something bad. Our next match was another Ultimate X qualifier. Um, Trey Miguel, a newer type wrestler for uh, Impact, beating Trevor Lee. Not too surprising since we know Trevor Lee is actually leaving the company. This was his last match with Impact. Um, okay. Good match. Pretty short. Didn't Well, let's not even say good. It was there. Okay, It was a match. Um, but moving on for me, the match of the night. And, ah, oh, man, I love this. Um, coming up, we know that the Lucha Brothers have decided, well, LAX has offered the Lucha Brothers a title shot. Today, they had one of each of the members. They had Santana taking on Phoenix. And I got to tell you, the more I see Phoenix, man, this guy does some crazy, crazy stuff. This this match had everything. There was a point where he ran across the ropes and then kicked punt Santana in the face after running across the ropes in the middle of the road. It was amazing. There were so many things in there that I have never seen. In, and I've seen a lot of wrestling matches. Phoenix put on an incredible show. Now, he was injured just after this match had been taped. They tell me now that the groin injury does not look as severe as they thought it was. So he will be back in less than a month. Good news for them. Unfortunately, it did take the Lucha Brothers out of their MLW tag shot that they were supposed to have on the Friday show last week. Um, okay. He was still injured then. But, man, folks, the, if you're going to watch only one thing on this entire Impact show, watch Phoenix versus Santana. There is some wrestling in there that just, you know when you see that really new kind of wrestling that just makes you gasp and go, oh, wow, I just saw yeah. a treat? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Go out and watch that match. Awesome stuff. Um, moving on. And uh, I know that uh, Tony hates the moving on thing. But in our next match, <laughs> Jordan Grace uh, tearing apart Ruby Reyes. And that was a tall order because Ruby Reyes, big woman. But Jordan Grace showing that she may be only five feet tall, but she is a powerhouse of a weightlifter. And uh, she actually threw Ruby Reyes around. And Ruby has got to be at least 250. She's a big woman. And that's the new, that's the new one that, that was brought in by Katrina. Yeah. Uh, she yeah. did not succeed. I do not think we'll see Ruby Reyes probably again by Katrina. And finally, the main event. And I'm going to have to say I've been very extremely hard on this fellow. But Moose gets a DQ win over Brian Cage. Now, this was a uh, Brian Cage getting ready for his title shot against Johnny Impact next month. Uh, Moose trying to show that he was going to be the spoiler of this. You know, Moose is really starting to make an impression on me more than me just mocking him about squirrels and Russians and other bullwinkle things. Moose is actually, mm-hmm. he's really improved in his wrestling. Uh, this match went really well until Eddie Edwards, 
who supposedly, if you're following the ridiculous storylines and impact, yeah, that he escaped oh, an insane asylum. Say, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, what was going on there? Because I saw, and uh, of course, we see another ECW uh, yeah. superstar, um, Raven, yeah. showing up in that vignette. Like, how, what happened there? How did he get put in that asylum? Well, or what ended up happening a couple of weeks ago was his wife had him committed. Because uh, she felt he was getting too violent and crazy. So they, they snuck up on him and they injected him in the neck with something. And they put him in uh, this insane asylum where just happens to be Raven is in there. And you're right. I skipped over that one. But there was a little vignette with Eli Drake talking about how he's going to destroy. I can't believe I'm going to even say this guy's name is still around. But he's going to destroy Tommy Dreamer. Boo, hiss. Oh. I hope that guy's still alive. But... Um, <sighs> The whole point with Raven is he came in and said, you know, Raven, you started all this hardcore stuff and it's going to die with you. And, and it was funny because all this serious stuff he was saying to Raven, Raven was acting like he had no idea what anything was about. And it, it, it had a funny moment. Did you notice the name of that asylum? No, I did not. What was it? Shady Acres. Shady Acres. Do you know where that's from? <laughs> Do you know where that's from? <coughs> it is from a lot of references. From a lot of, I cannot remember the original, but I mean they've used it in no, so many things. The, the, the one that the one that comes to mind is Ace Ventura: Pit Detective when Jim Carrey's going to investigate uh, that uh, police uh, that police uh, lieutenant or yeah. whatever Einhorn. And she was, and he goes to, and he goes to the to the town that she grew up from, that she came from. She went to, he went to Shady Acres uh, Mental Hospital. That is funny. That is funny because they also, <laughs> there's also Shady Acres in The Simpsons where they've made fun of a few people who've gone to Shady Acres, and it's one of those generic funny insane asylums you throw out anywhere. I guess. <laughs> no, it's, it's, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, wow, the reference in Ace Ventura. It was. It was. I try and skip a lot of the segment parts of Impact because they're terrible. I mean, I don't want yep. to talk about Evil Alley and Sue Young and the Dimension no, of Dark. No. Forget that crap. I'm not. You probably that, that's just terrible. It's just terrible. This Raven stuff and Eli Drake. It it was terrible. Um, I wish sometimes Impact. You know, sometimes you want some bit of realism in story, but they just. I, they need better writers because it just comes across as like a bunch of twelve-year-olds watching Ace Ventura decided to yeah. to write the yep. dialogue. It's so bad here. But um, you, you mentioned the name earlier, yeah. Trey Miguel. Yes. No. Uh, who are the little rascals? Because I thought I thought he was part of that. Oh, I think you're right. I uh, the Desmond uh, Xavier. I think it is Trey Miguel. That I'm not. You know what? The rascals because the. Because then I saw him on MLW as well. Yeah. Um, I think the – I don't know how these rascals are going to work out. I, I don't know if I like the approach they're taking. Um, sure, it's different, but just because something is different doesn't mean it's good. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, the rascals have some talent behind them, but I think they're doing very ridiculous uh, mannerisms and, and, and acting. And If you could call with that ridiculous vignettes, they do acting. Once again, another vignette I chose to ignore was the whole uh rascals thing <laughs> yes folks uh if you're into wrestling there is some good stuff in impact check out phoenix versus santana if you're a fan of cheesy crap 90s bullshit raw storyline <laughs> uh, by all means watch impact but if you have a brain uh i would suggest not because it might rot and fall out of you after watching some of this um Right now, Impact goes on to a two-week hiatus, which means – and I'm not covering mm. them. We're not covering the best of shows for the next two weeks. No way. 
No, That's it's just, crap. we're just repeating ourselves. Yeah. So what we might do is, you know what? Maybe we'll take on uh, NXT, uh, the English one, UK. 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 Let's try it out for two weeks. And if we find uh, that the fans or that we're enjoying it enough, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll work it into the program. Does that sound fair? Okay. Sounds, sounds good. All right. Well, you know what? I do know at this moment, um, I was handed a special interview from our UK correspondent who has a special interview with Flip Gordon. Now, folks, oh, Flip Gordon, Flip Gordon uh, two months ago, if you told me I had an interview with Flip Gordon, I might have just twirled my finger and went, wow, big deal. Flip Gordon mm-hmm. has come into his own the last little while. I am impressed mm-hmm. a lot with what I've been seeing with this guy. We're going to talk about him uh, in the ROH uh, segment as it comes up mm-hmm. uh, after the break. Yep. But uh, he is really making a presence. Mm-hmm. I see him as a main event guy in the future. I might not have two or three months ago, but he has come on strong. So let's talk with Flip Gordon. Folks, when we get back, uh, we'll talk for a sec, and then we'll uh, take a break. All right. Hi. Uh, hi, Flip. Welcome to Wrestling POV Podcast. Um, well, welcome to the UK once again. How are you finding it so far? Uh, it's been great. Believe it or not, this is my eighth time over here in the UK. Uh, it was really fun so far. Uh, fight forever. Yesterday we had our first show in Birmingham. I won the world championship tonight. I had a successful title defense against none other than London's own Mark Haskins. So. Yeah, congratulations on that. It's it was a great, great tour match. so far. Yeah, it was a great match tonight. Thank you. Um, so obviously you've heard the recent news about um, the UK scene and they're really tying up a lot of the indies and preventing them from being on the independent shows like this. What's your kind of view on that? Do you think it's going to damage the industry in the UK or...? Absolutely not. When you look at when you look at professional wrestling, the the wrestling scene here in the UK is hot right now. WWE is the biggest professional wrestling company in the world. For them not to come to a market that is succeeding would be a bad business move. For them it is strictly a business move. But we just had a great show tonight. The crowd was fire. It was packed. So and there was hey, guess what? There was NXT UK guys on this show. So there's a lot of rumors going out there. I don't know what their contracts say. You don't know what their contracts say. Let's wait it out. Let's see what happens. But if you ask me, I think British wrestling is going to be just fine. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely turned a corner in the last few years. I mean, gone are the days of Big Daddy and all the old kind of comedy wrestling, as it's known. It's definitely on par now, I'd say, with the U.S. market. Absolutely. And WWE's been picking up some of the biggest stars all over the world for years now. What that does, it opens up opportunities for younger talent like myself. And you better believe I'm going to take full advantage of those opportunities. That's it. Um, obviously, Cody was here tonight as well. Um, the rumors, obviously, of him setting up his own federation, uh, all Elite Pro. What, um, what's your views on that? Any news? Any exclusives? Well, the only exclusive I can give you is that I will be exclusive with Ring of Honor until May of 2020. Um, like I said, there's a lot of rumors about Cody, a new company, British Wrestling. Um, they are just that. They are rumors. Until we know facts, they're rumors. So I don't know nothing. So um, obviously you've got the um, when Men's Championship here. I mean, are you coming back? I know you've obviously got a, another title defense tomorrow night. but. I know they're touring again in January, and will you be returning again, hopefully, with them? Or? 
Um, that is the goal. I am the champion. I do not plan on losing. Um, I would love to come back to England as much as I can, even if that means every single month to make a title defense. Not going to do a Brock Lesnar on us then and uh, be an absent champion. Yeah. Nope. I am a fighting champion. I'm a defending champion. Anybody that wants to fight, let me know. I'll show up. Cool, man. Obviously, um, all your work on the, uh, being the elite, that's a great show. Um, obviously with the Young Bucks as well, um, obviously if they're um, not exclusive to Ring of Honor like you just mentioned yourself, do you see that putting a strain maybe on your relationship going forward? Or? Uh, no, absolutely not, I mean we're all friends, um, I mean Marty's still with Ring of Honor, yeah. I talk to the boys all the time, being the elite is like they say, it's just friends having fun, it is so authentic, you know. And I think that shows through while yeah. you watch it. You can see us laughing after that's scenes. It, We're just having fun. And that's what wrestling's about, is having the fun, traveling the world with your friends. Yeah, man. And last few questions, obviously. Um, what would be your dream opponent, or dream match? Anything? My dream match right now on the independence would have to be Ray Phoenix. Uh, because we have never touched, but we are very, very good friends, and he's absolutely killing it all over the world. He's one of the best wrestlers in the world. Um, so, yeah, Ray Phoenix, I'm calling you out once again. That would be an absolutely fantastic match. I think your two stars would really blend well and really would put on a good match there. Um, and, yeah, I mean, lastly, I'd just like to say, obviously, thank you for what you've done for the UK. It's definitely changed um, from what the WWE product is at the minute in terms of you know, targeting more of the older audience and that's shining through. I mean, it was a packed venue tonight and I mean, rumours are to be believed that WWE are really struggling at the minute with their Royal Smackdown shows. Do you think that's probably just due to the kind of audience they're targeting? or I think wrestling fans right now, they're looking for something different. You know, they want something different and the indies are different. Whether that's British wrestling, American wrestling, Lucha Libre down in Mexico, or Strong Style over in Japan. They want something different. So long as there's something different out there, like I said before, wrestling is going to be fine everywhere. Oh, thank you very much for your time. Absolutely. Thank, thank you. you so Have much. a great night. Bye. Wow. That was quite the interview. That Flip Gordon man, I think he's a guy to keep an eye on. What do you think, Elio? Yeah, that was quite the interview. I'm... I'm liking Flip Gordon a lot. He's starting to grow on well, you know me. What? He's starting to grow on me. I first time I uh, heard the name and saw him was at the All In pay per view. And okay, uh, well, we'll talk a bit of my boat after our break. We're actually going to take a break right now, fans. Uh, we're going to reset ourselves for a second, get ready for the second part of our show where we're going to talk ROH Major Major League Wrestling, and I believe me and Neely are going to pull out a bit of a debate today and see where that leads us. So, folks. Be back in a moment. Hello, this is Miguel Cole from the Wrestling POV Podcast. Wrestling POV and Wrestling POV Global is affiliated with the Collar and Elbow brand. Go to CollarandElbowBrand.com and save yourself 10% by using promo code WPOV. Collar and Elbow has t-shirts, hoodies, sunglasses, and more. And the best part, you're helping out your local indie wrestlers. And you're helping out the best wrestling podcast of all, Wrestling POV and Wrestling POV Global. You don't want to miss out. So save yourself 10% by using promo code WPOV. Oh my goodness! This is Flip Gordon, and you are listening to Wrestling POV Podcast. Hey folks, we are back. Let's take a look at ROH. This week was a big big event for ROH. We're talking about, what's it called, buddy? Final Battle 2018. Final Battle. Yes. 
Final Battle 2018. Kind of the culmination of the year for Ring mm-hmm. of Honor. Uh, we're not going to look at every match, but uh, we're going to look at most mm-hmm. of them, talk a bit about them. Uh, I want to start off with the match that, for me, was the first really, really good match. ROH TV champion Jeff Cobb defeating Hangman Adam Page. Man, this was a great match. Jeff Cobb can move Jeff around. Jeff Cobb. He can move around the ring. Oh, can wow. he ever? This yeah. guy is something else. I'm really enjoying yep. Jeff Cobb. Um, I've known him from before. I've watched him progress from across Hawaii. Back in the day, he was with Action Zone Wrestling. Uh, he's been going across. He, this year, you know, he won the Battle of Los Angeles for uh, Pro Wrestling Guerrilla. And uh, now he's he's made a few appearances in New Japan, which are very much interested in having him back. Him and Michael Elgin have made a very solid tag team mm-hmm. there. But here's the big thing to look at. He is the ROH TV yeah. champion. And this match, while some people say may not have the, the ending may not have come into any question, Hangman Adam Page, his last match in ROH, wanting to take the ROH TV championship with him. Dude, this match was off the hook. There was some crazy yeah. stuff. Highlight for me, Adam Page with that his run off the the skirt into a uh, a, a, a standing super uh, what do you call that thing? Shooting star press. Yep. Jeff Cobb catches him and then throws him overhead into a release suplex onto the floor. Oh, I know. I Never saw, saw that, that, that before. Was crazy. Wow. And it's incredible how big Jeff yeah. Cobb is. And he's like a tank, yet he moves around. He really Some moves. Some of these big guys like, surprised me with how they move around the ring. Well, you know, Jeff Cobb, I think the TV championship is just the beginning. I think he has potential to be a main eventer in ROH. Mm-hmm. And I think it's only a matter of time before he's going to take a run at the ROH title. Well, you know, next up we had, um, oh man, I'm not sure how to, I love women's wrestling, right. but I'm not sure how much of a fan I am of the Women of Honor matches. Uh, Kelly Klein wins a four-way to become the new Women of Honor champion, but it just seems to me that there's not a lot of strong women wrestlers in ROH to begin with. Um, Sumi Sakai, I mean, she's okay. But she's so old and so slow. Mm-hmm. And uh, Madison Rain, while she's pretty and exciting, right. is not the most gifted yep. wrestler. And Karen O. I just don't buy Karen is O. Is it Karen O or Karen Q? Th- oh, is it Q? I, I believe it was Karen Q. Maybe it's yeah, Q. I believe it was Karen Q. Wow, that's how much I, that's how much I checked out. <laughs> she's so well, generic. The, the final battle uh, was my first exposure to the Women of Honor. But uh, I wasn't really feeling that match, though. No. No. I mean... Compared to the uh, WWE women's uh, roster, the Women of Honor roster is nothing special. <laughs> it's not that great. Uh, I've met Kelly Klein. I've seen her wrestle before. She's very mm-hmm. talented. Let's hope they bring her in some better competition. Mm-hmm. Um, let's hope that they can build that into a big division. I mean, at one time, Gail Kim was their champion, and she was an incredible okay. wrestler. Uh, and there were some great wrestlers against her. I really think we need to see if uh, see if they can build something out of this women's. I wouldn't really recommend watching this match if it was uh, something you wanted to judge the pay per view by mm-hmm. because it wasn't that great. Uh, a match though that kind of surprised me was Zack Saber Jr. beating Jonathan right. Gresham. What did you think of that match, man? That was a different kind of match. I yeah, it was you. different. I've uh, seen I've seen Zack Saber. I know the name, and he's uh, I like I like his uh, style. That was just. That was, uh, you like that kind of strong English style, the whole technical aspect stuff. Or just uh, um, some 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 of the matches, yeah, some matches pretty good. Yeah, yeah. that's a lot. I've seen, I've seen a lot of that, like in the in, like in other in that NXT UK, in the NXT UK one. Yeah, they do all that stuff. Well, you know, that's a 
It's a style that Marty Skrull uses yeah. a lot. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr., isn't there just something so snotty about that guy that you just wish once somebody would punch him right in the face and knock his stupid See, I out? like the wrestling. I don't like the guy. He, he sounds yeah, like, he like, like I, I want to punch him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> um, I kind of like Jonathan Gresham. He's a smaller mm-hmm. dude, but he really has a great technical base behind him. This match, I just, you know, it was like Zack Sabre just kept taunting and taunting. I just wanted once to see him get punched and in ju- the And face just the ending when he was walking back up the ramp, that look he had on his face, like, yeah. I'm better than you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Zack Sabre makes a great villain. Yeah. He has some interesting matches. I still want him at least once to see him get so punched in the face by somebody. That would be he's a, my day. He's a heel? Yeah. Oh, I, I, He's a heel oh, of yeah. heels. Well, I wasn't <laughs> sure if he was a heel or face. Oh, no. He's a heel all the time, oh, okay. buddy. Nobody likes him. He acts like such a smug okay. dick that it's not even funny. Um, next matchup, Matt Taven defending his fake <laughs> belt that he declared himself championship against Dalton Castle. This did not go the way I thought it was going to go. I thought Castle was going to get the win here. Matt Taven, though, you know, I've made fun of Matt Taven a lot mm-hmm. in the past. He was one of yeah. those guys. Him and the whole kingdom were guys are like, ugh. But... They're kind of worn on me too, and I kind of enjoy Matt Taven. He's really wrestling at a way higher level than he now, used. No, Matt, Matt Taven. Um, the, uh, I have to say, because last week I was lost when uh, we were talking about the Kingdom, but now after seeing Final Battle, like now I know who the Kingdom are, is. Uh, Vinny Marcellia, Matt Taven. I didn't know the third guy, T.K. Orion, though. Yeah, that's the guy who carries yeah. a baseball bat. Apparently, he was a college uh, baseball player before he came here. But yeah, that's his gimmick, yeah, I guess. Uh, they're all good. They're all very good wrestlers together now. The kingdom is really gelled into a pretty. They're not pretty. They're definitely ugly looking, especially that Marcelia guy with his gross <laughs> hair and tattoos. But uh, they are they are legit yeah. now. Uh, I see them as a legit team, and I do finally see Matt Taven. For me, this was the one, probably the match that cemented Matt Taven in as a real solid mm-hmm. wrestler. So I, I I think this did what it set out to do. Right. All right. Um, Next, the villain, Marty Skrull, and this was a shocker for a lot of people, defeating Christopher Daniels. Now, the reason why this was a shocker is if Daniels didn't, this was his last chance to win a contract. According to storyline, you know, this might be the it. That might be the last match we saw of Christopher Daniels. I well, don't think so. I think the story will happen somewhere. I, I actually, but, uh, I, maybe, I, I would say I, I, felt, I felt bad when, when I saw Final Battle, but... I read uh, some ROH uh, results of an of upcoming show where Joe Koff had uh, changed the fire and offered Daniels a new contract. Well, that will be interesting. We're going to have to, they'll definitely have that coming up. Great match. It's nice to see Daniels for the last little while being a good guy, being cheered on because he's such a smooth transition wrestler. You just want to like shake his hand after. I actually did. Ilio, last year I met, uh, I met him, Christopher Daniels, at a show in Calgary. And, um, I just went up to him and said, man, I just want to thank you for all the years of just, you were like the coolest thing to see, you know? And you come on the cards and sometimes you dress up as Curry Man and you, you do that little <laughs> shtick and then you come back and wrestle again. Love it. You're the most entertaining guy. And he looked at me and go, who's Curry Man? <laughs> 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 yeah, right. <laughs> was he also a suicide at one point? Um, you know, I think he was just for a yeah. tiny bit, but then it was taken over by that uh, fellow. TJ Perkins. Uh, the guy who won TJ the... TJ Perkins. TJ yeah. Perkins. Yeah. So and oh, and uh, Kazarian was also suicide oh, for a little okay. while too. I didn't get that so, whole ending. Bully Ray came out and no blown Daniels. Oh, that's he was just coming out to be. 
Bully Ray is just trying to establish how much of an asshole. So, he is. so I, 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 and, I know, was, I was. That's what I was saying. I was thinking that he was just setting up for the next match, which was him and our flip. Yeah, flip. Yeah, that's all yeah. it was. Uh, he is the ultimate trash piece of garbage bad guy there is, and he is just doing that by, you know, Daniels is trying to go out classy, so of course he has to come in and try and crap on that moment. That's what that was mm-hmm. all about. Next, you know, we're talking about Flip Gordon a bit. Let's talk about this match, Flip Gordon defeating Bully Ray in an I Quit match. This was bloody, it was brutal, and I think it's another, this is a match that made Flip Gordon. I think people will look at Flip Gordon in a much stronger light. This elevated him to such a degree, it made him credible as a heavyweight. Everyone was against Bully and Ray in that match. Kerry Silk and Todd Sinclair was against him. Everyone. Cole Cabana. Man, everybody. Cole Cabana even left. Christopher uh, Daniels. Yeah, Cole like, even left the uh, commentator's uh, booth and I went down to help out. Yes, um, yeah. Cole Cabana out there trying to lend a hand. You know, Silas Young is the only person who looked like more of a piece of crap than, uh, than Billy, Billy, or, uh, Bully Ray out of this. But you know what? Flip is a guy who, you know, when I first heard of Flip Gordon, just the idea that a guy would call himself Flip mm-hmm. is ridiculous to right. begin with. And you got to know as things get better, he's either going to change his name or really regret calling himself Flip. Such a silly sounding yeah. name. But he really is, uh, he's talented. Yeah. He yeah. really moves around there. He has a lot of moves I've never seen before. And I think, you know, he took a lot of beating here. He was bloodied pretty badly. Um, but at the end, what a sight, eh? Him beating the crap out of Bully with two kendo sticks yeah, until Bully yep. gave up. It was the payoff that I think all of us have wanted to see against Bully Ray you, in a long time. You hear, Bully, you hear Bully screaming, I quit, I quit. Good stuff, good stuff. Um, takes us to the semi-main event. Jay Lethal beats Cody, sends Cody packing without a belt. <laughs> I enjoyed this match. There was a lot of weird moments in this match that at times maybe, I don't know, I didn't get. I mean... There was a time when I know this brand. I know this brand. Brandy Rhodes got yeah got, got knocked out. Well, first Brandy Rhodes comes running in there uh, to to spear right. uh, to to spear Jay. Jay moves out of the way. <laughs> the referee sees it, goes to throw the title out like the match. Jay's like, nope, nope, I don't want to lose that way. All right, I don't want to win that way. So he gives her the chance out. He then goes to put the uh, the lethal injection on Cody. Cody throws his wife into it. She eats a lethal injection, gets smacked out. Oh, She's knocked man. out, crawled. Um, it was something, but you know, in the end, Jay Lethal standing proud. Cody, yeah. last match in ROH, went out. Uh, the fans loved him, but he did not go out with the belt. Uh, yeah, I would suggest watching the story. This match. The story, the story there was uh, that uh, he doesn't care what happens to his wife. Yeah, like, all he, he cares about even, is the belt. He hasn't even gone to check on her. Yeah, they kept made a cut of play that. That was pretty funny. I, I kind of <laughs> laughed because she interjected herself. In some ways, she kind of got what she deserves. <laughs> as bad as that sounds. Now, the main event, the main event. This ladder wars are always insane. And uh, mm-hmm. this one, the, the Briscoe brothers winning their 10th ROH championship tag team belts, defeating SCU, uh, so- SoCal Uni- uh, United, and the Young Bucks. Their last match in ROH. The story here, the Briscoes were just going to beat the living snot out of everyone before they even bothered trying to get the thing. It was crazy. They were like bulls on a rampage in there. Yeah, the the Briscoes are quite a team. Uh, They're quite the odd team there. So destructive. I mean, 10 years. We've talked about how they rarely team anywhere else. Yep. Um, They were something to watch in here. I mean, 
the Young Bucks, they're always a spectacle. And I've always, you know, SoCal U, I've, I've, I've always liked these guys. Yeah. You know, but the Briscoes, man, they were the stars of the show. And they they did some crazy stuff in there. They did some painful stuff. They took a beating. They handed out way worse beatings. They and they walked one, away. Sorry? They did, that, they did that one spot where they put the leather on their neck and swung it around. Yeah, the old Terry Funky CW thing. Yeah. That was pretty funny. Um, there's just so much. You know, overall, this whole four-hour show was worth it. I mean, there's a few weak spots. The women's match wasn't the greatest. The first match was kind of dumb. I'm the not even going to talk ma- about The first match sucked. Yeah, well, it's Kenny King, and everything he yeah. does sucks. You know, but uh, <laughs> I, I think all in all, I would suggest people to watch this if you get a chance to replay for uh, Ring of Honor because uh, for Final Battle 2018. Great stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, it kind of makes me excited watching, you know, watching Jeff Cobb, watching Marty Skrull, watching, uh, watching the Briscoes. Makes me think, they're going into another great year. I'd be curious to see what guys rise up to the top. I don't think the elite really made ROH. They were a good part of ROH, but I don't think ROH is going to fold over and die without them. No, ROH is going to move on. They're going to do well. Any well, co- any company, any company would uh, survive. They, any company should they uh, change with times? Yeah, you have to change, change or you go stale. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think we're going to look at our last promote promotion today is MLW. MLW. Major yes. League Wrestling. Now, we looked at this week's episode, and it had three matches. Mm-hmm. Uh, two of them were good. One of them was ridiculous. <laughs> uh, first of all, Teddy Hart. You you tell me this is the first time you've seen Teddy Hart. Last week was my first uh, time seeing Teddy Hart. I only ever heard the name uh, before. And you probably heard a lot of bad things about Teddy Hart, like uh, his yeah, reputation I, backstage. I heard about how he, how he likes to carry, like, he bring, bring cats to the ring. He wants to open his own uh, company at one point where it was all pets or something. Ah, uh, yes. I have an interview that, folks, if you guys actually want to hear, it's nine or seven minutes of the most ridiculousness, mind-blowing. <laughs> you're you're going to think, did I make this up? Did he make this up? I interviewed Teddy Hart about six or seven years ago. And the nonsense this guy said in this interview, he talked about bringing, training his cats to bring weapons to the ring. Um, <laughs> yes, that's, yes. What I, that's what I was referring to. And uh, just a all bunch of crazy, crazy stories. Now, I've known Teddy Hart for probably about seven or eight years. He is a phenomenal wrestler to watch when he wrestles. He does things that you've never seen before. But he is probably one of the most unstable lunatic-like guys in real life that you've ever met. And wow. uh, the first time I interviewed him, I remember him saying all this stuff. And I remember I was going to start laughing. And then I looked over at him and I saw the look on his face. And I thought, if I laugh, this guy's going to stab me in the throat with something. Right? <laughs> he's, he's not kidding around. Wow. He is, wow. He's believing his own fantasy land. But great wrestler. And I'm glad that uh, for this last little while now, he seems to have turned his life around a bit. And he's been getting a lot of good bookings and doing some great matches, especially in MLW. He's finally getting a showcase, you know. Did you know, Elio, he's been fired from the WWE three times? When, wait, wait, when, when was he a part of it? Uh, I never uh, he, never made, he never made the television. He was oh, signed okay. three different times. Wow. And each time he did something horrendous that they fired him before he actually made it to television. I did not know that. He has a reputation of not listening, to do his own thing, to, you know, all the stuff that WWE does not like to look at in wrestlers. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm hoping that this is his – he is – Probably the most talented guy I've ever actually met. And uh, I hope he gets his stuff together. I hope he keeps going the way he's going because he's finally making himself a legitimate showcase wrestler. 
with the stuff he's doing in MLW. Now this week he took on Jason Cade. And I remember when I first looked in, and I was watching the episode and I saw it was Jason Cade that first came out. I was like, I don't want to report this because I just explained last week how Jason Cade was injured. But MLW right. is two weeks behind in their TV. Oh. So he was injured after this match. Oh, okay. And I wasn't going to say anything, but then when it was Teddy Hart, and Teddy did such a good showing, I thought we are going to have to talk about it anyways. So, yes, Teddy Hart defeats Jason Cade. I know you watched this match. What did you think? Uh, well, like you said, uh, Teddy Hart, like, he does a lot of great moves, but it wasn't, it was like an out, outstanding match. It was, it was, it was okay. It was a good, it was a good match. It wasn't like anything spectacular. No, it was solid, good. Teddy did a few yeah. interesting maneuvers. Now, my, my, my question is, why... He's teaming with Brian Tillman Jr., right? Yes. Why do they call themselves the Hart Foundation? Well, because, you know, they're the relatives of the original Hart Foundation. Because Davy Boy Smith Jr. is in there. And Davy Boy Smith... Oh, he's and, part of them. Okay. Yeah, he's a part of that, too. Uh, he hasn't been on TV with them very much, but he is part of that. Oh, okay. Brian Pillman... Well, remember, Brian Pillman did join the Hart Foundation when... He did uh, in 97, yep. Yeah. So, I guess, you know, they call themselves the New Hart Foundation because they're the kids... Of no, all these guys. Yeah. Well, yeah, that makes sense. Now I know, I know this next part probably broke your heart. I know you're watching your favorite wrestler, Marco Stunt, get beat up by Ace Romero. <laughs> Four hundred pounds of Ace Romero squishing I'm tiny sure little Marco. Marco, is it Runt or Stunt? I can't. Uh, Runt seems runt. more. <laughs> runt. <laughs> runt. What the heck does this guy got pictures of the MLW's owner doing something bad? Why do they keep letting this idiot on TV every week? He loses badly, gets beat what, up. I Go can't ahead. believe I can't believe he's five two. I'm five two. I'm taller than him. Hey, maybe you should team up with Marco Runt. <laughs> you can pretend to be brothers, Marco and Elio Runt. What do you think? Wow. <laughs> he, he, he might actually have a shot at uh, winning a match. I don't think he ever has a shot at winning a match. Come on, man. They put him in there with 400-pound Ace Romero. No, I said he might, he might have a shot at winning a match if, he was, if, if they put me with him. Oh, you mean against each other? I thought you'd want to be his pal. No, no. If they put <laughs> us in a team. Yeah. I uh, still... He, I don't know, guys. Marco... Maybe I'm just not seeing it, but Marco Stunt... Have I you just heard his don't entrance? dig it. Have you heard his entrance theme? Yes, it's terrible. He, they, the, I now I heard this. Uh, I saw this on one of the comments on YouTube because I was looking. At, I was looking up his theme just to hear it. Someone said that that's a slow down version of the closing theme from Sesame Street. Well, I'm gonna look back and listen next time. And that you've told me that I'm gonna see if I think the same, and I'll tell you before next week if I think I agree. Okay. All right. So I, I, I have to I have to say sorry about Ace Romero. Yeah. That's another guy that can move around the ring. When he threw that drop kick from out of the corner. I shot that drop kick from a four hundred pound <laughs> man. That was pretty cool. I was like, what? And unfortunately for Marco Stunt, he only weighs thirty seven pounds, so he really went flying. <laughs> but uh once again we watched Marco Stunt get beat up by a bigger man. Yeah. Uh, in the main event, I was super impressed in the main event. Uh leader of Los Ignobles de Mexico, Rush. Yes. Taking on Sammy Guevara, another kind of snot-nosed, mouthy Latino wrestler. This was something else. That Roosh really knows how to move. I'm very impressed by him. This is the first time I've seen him in action, and uh, I was impressed. Yep, same. I was impressed with the way he moves around the ring. And then 
at the end, this is uh, where I believe they started uh, the feud with um, L.A. LA Park. Park. Yeah. Because L.A. This... Park came out at the end. Well, I think this is going to be really interesting, folks. Uh, L.A. Park. Wow. Talk about a veteran. And this isn't just a thrown together match. I mean, Roosh and L.A. Park have been fighting for years in Mexico. This is a, fe- a feud that they even talk about. We're bringing it to the U.S. We're showing the people our hatred. So I'm looking forward to this. Let's see how this progresses. This week's episode of MLW, well, we had two out of three great matches. Uh, one of them was okay, but Marco Stunt ruined it all for me. Um, I say uh, give MLW uh, um, uh, thumbs somewhat up. It, it was an okay episode. Between thumbs um, up and thumbs in the middle. You know what the best part for me is? I know like sometimes we see segments that are so ridiculous or so unbelievable, but... The one segment I enjoyed the most was when they were talking about, oh, I wonder what happened to Tom Lawler. We should take the camera crew backstage. And Conan says, hey, do you want an exclusive? And he goes around the corner, and there's a guy laying there, blooding out of his mouth and oh, his I nose. I saw That was uh, Ricky Martinez. Yeah. And then yeah. Conan throws down a sock and a bicycle lock and well, walks away yeah. with the idea that he had taken him and hit him in the face with the sock. And yeah. I was like, wow, that was kind of cool and brutal, to be honest. And then Loki at the end, he was like, Ricky, what happened? Who did this? Who did this, Ricky? I will use my honor. I am a... Ah, yeah, whatever. I'm not going to even get started this week on that guy. Anyhow, you know what? That, that wraps up a lot of the wrestling uh, we're going to talk about this week. But this is the time of the show where we have our bit of a face-off. This week's face-off, we talked about, uh, you know, when we were trying to pick out topics, here's one that's kind of interesting. The topic is this. Do so-called legends, are they draws today for independent wrestling cards? Are they worth the money to bring these guys in to sentiment shows? Is it worth going to? Elio, you tell me what you think. Is it worth, in this day and age, to have legends, so-called legends, on indie cards. Okay, in 2018, I don't really think uh, legends are drawn on indie cards because the history of wrestling, which produced these so-called legends, today's audience don't go to these shows, but I don't think they care about the legends as much as they care about the wrestlers of today. They're more interested in today's superstars than they are in the ones that paved the way for today's wrestling. Okay, well, I you know, I agree with some of those parts. But I'm going to say this, just from knowing in personal experience, um, I've gone to shows where there's been a legend. And usually these men are in their 60s. Nine times out of ten, they have absolutely no involvement in the ring. You're lucky if they even walk one of the wrestlers out to the ring. So in that aspect, I can say, yeah, they're really not worth it. But I've always been a historian of wrestling. I love looking back and and looking at uh, some of the older things. And some of my favorite old-time wrestlers, sure. I know they'll never be able to fight again. They'll never have that opportunity to stand there. But the opportunity to actually get to talk to one of these guys. I mean, last year I got a chance to sit down and talk for 10 minutes with Nikita Koloff. You know, Uh, he was amazing. And if there was no room to bring in one of these guys, I mean, we would lose some of that, I think. And one thing I did notice, there were people who came to the show that I was at with with Nikita Koloff that had never come to regular wrestling that the name Nikita Koloff was enough to draw them in to come see a new wrestling show. For me, I think maybe putting the legends in there is worth it. If we can bring in people who only remember the olden days of wrestling, maybe when they come in and they see what's new, maybe they're going to stay. 
And if you can just bring in a couple fans who are going to stay, well, I think that's worth uh, the bucks you shell out for an older performer who can't really do anything except maybe sign autographs. Yes, I get your fact, what you're saying. It's kind of frustrating to, to think you paid money to see Brutus the Barber Beefcake and he didn't do anything. I get that. Yep. But at the same time, the idea of bringing in a guy who will take a few minutes to talk to you, pretty darn cool. But so then, I'm going to say, sorry. But then, but then, what about some of the legends that you do bring in, and they, and you find that the way they are on t- in front of the camera is not the way they are they are off camera. Because what about the, the that one uh, thing about never meet your heroes? Because yes, you have an impression only... of the way they are on on camera, but then when you meet them in real, real life, they're the complete opposite. Okay. Fair enough, but uh, does that mean never try to meet your uh, heroes? Because well, no. there's a market for that. You know, you take yeah. the chance every time. For every wrestling, I met a lot of. I have met a lot of legends over the last ten years. Mm-hmm. Guys who are retired, guys who are big name guys, guys who seem like they'd be total jerks and they're not. And guys who are nice on camera and total jerks behind the stage. I get that, but you know what? Just the chance to meet them, rope warts and all, sometimes has been worth it because at least I know. At least I know. Right. So, yeah. folks, what do you think? Do you think that legends are any kind of – are they a draw in this day and age? Should they be a draw? Should promoters bother bringing them in or should they, yes, do bring them in? You tell us on Facebook page. Uh, we'll, we'll try and uh, – if we – we're not going to put up a poll because uh, we're too shy and modest to, to poll it out. But uh, <laughs> you just tell us what you think, folks. Anyways, Elio, I, I am down to my last sip of water. It's good Canadian cold water. It's been a great episode with you. We we spent a lot of time watching wrestling separately this week, and uh, oh, thank you. I think I think like I said, twelve hours last yeah. week. I'm like I don't know how I did it. And I I've done at least twelve to fourteen hours this week too. And I don't know if I'll be able to do that for next week, but we'll know, figure it out. Play, I don't know if you play uh, if you've seen WWE Supercard. Ooh. No, it's an app. It's an app for the iPad. It's like it's like a card playing game thing, and you have oh, teams. Okay. And you have teams, and it's like I'm on this team, so like I play. It's it's just fun, right? When I okay. have time. So between uh, watching wrestling, notifications are going off every two seconds. I have to mute people because they're just like interrupting me. I'm trying to watch this here. <laughs> I it, that is great, and I want to thank you this week, Elio, for putting in all this time. It was it was a bit of a chore. But we got it through it. It was fun. It was fun. Ne- Next week, fans, we will not be talking oh. about Impact because we are not going to cover uh, a clip show. We'll be talking instead a bit about uh, mm-hmm. NXT UK, see how that turns out for us. Uh, we'll keep our eye on the wrestling yeah. that's out there. Ilio, thank you for joining in this week. I want to say it's always a pleasure hanging thank with you. you. And folks. Yeah, it's uh, fun. I like, yeah. I like doing this. Excellent. And folks, I'm your host, uh, TJ Logan. We'll see you. I'm not sure when next week. It's Christmas right away. I'm not sure what chance we're going to get to do the next episode. We will do one before Wrestle Kingdom. We will talk about those cards, and we'll keep track of everything that's going on in the world of indie wrestling. So, folks, thanks for tuning Actually, in. Yes, I, I, I was... Sorry? Go ahead, Elio. No, I was going to say, uh, when, when you said uh, next week, I was that was the first thought that came to mind. Next week's Christmas. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure out when we're going to do this. We'll, we'll let people know. We'll figure something out. All right, sounds good. All right, have yourself a great night, guys. We'll see you next time. All right, see you next time.